everybody and welcome back to Football in a Nutshell. For the first time and I'd say over a month at this stage, uh, Football in a Nutshell is returning to the lovely people's ears across three continents. And uh, of course, the reason there has not been one in such a long time is the lockdown, quarantine, COVID-19, all that bad stuff. But now we have found a digital way to still bring you Football in a Nutshell from your homes. It's absolutely exceptional, wouldn't you agree? Yes, we're doing this over the mobile phone if you don't understand how two people who don't live with each other are making a podcast. So. It's unbelievable. Technology these days. You can call people podcasts, football, not all that good stuff. But today, the big news is the top five be- the top five failed super teams or managers who are expected to succeed at the club, expected to do big things, but flopped. We're doing our top five worst, and uh, yeah, we both to compare. We both have prepared our own lists, and uh, but uh, there'll probably be some overlapping. In particular, I know there's one man that we're both definitely going to have, and will we start with that man? Yes, Big Louis. Louis van Gaal's Red Army. We were all told when. Big Louie came to Manchester United and you, you buy Van Hal, you buy philosophy Van Hal. But we did not understand that. But it was soon enough that we saw his philosophy of boring, passing football. Trying to always play back the way. Everything that we as 99 fans go against. And it was just shocking, wasn't it? I have to say, as a Chelsea fan, I absolutely love this uh, tenure. But the thing was, I was shocked by it. I was sure Louis van Gaal, I saw him at the World Cup with uh, the Netherlands, saw what he did with Tim Krul. He, he, had, he has a footballing brain on him, this man. And when I saw the signings you were making that first summer he came in, Angel Di Maria. I have them all written down here. All right. In my black book. So, Herrera. Shaw. Rojo, Di Maria, Daly Ben, Victor Valdez, Damia, Depay, Schweinsteiger, Schneiderman, Romero, Martial. And now I shall read to you the players that are still at the club. Okay. Shaw, Romero and March. Three players are still at the club that he signed. And the thing about them is... They, they were good players, like, in particular, Daily Blind. Daily Blind, I was Daily shocked Blind when he didn't uh, work out. 14 million. Di Maria, 60 million. Rowe, 16 million. Shaw, 30 million. It's just big and it's like the Galacticos. Were those two separate summers or were they the one summer? That's just all to get at the signings he made at the club. Yeah, I mean... He was spending... In the first summer, he signed Herrera, Shaw, Rojo, Di Maria, Blind, and Victor Valdez. A lot of them were big performers at the World Cup. I think uh, that was one of the reasons yeah. he made them signings. In particular, Rojo, I remember, when Argentina got to the final, he was pretty exceptional. He was that big. Week. And Daley Blind as well worked very well under Louis van Gaal. And I think Di he talked... Also. Di Maria had a good... Uh, Year that year, he won the Champions League. With, uh, oh yeah, Ledesma. And was it, wasn't he playing in that right side of the midfield, kind of a free yeah. roam? He got. It was like the Rodriguez the following year, and yeah. uh, it just went downhill. I remember Di Maria's goal against Leicester, that chip. That was exceptional. With a five-three loss, Van Hagel's philosophy did not succeed. Yeah, I mean, wasn't it? Nine goal contributions, first nine games, and then five assists yeah. for the rest of the year. I mean, the robbing of his house was a big, it uh, was a big problem there. Yeah, he got it was and his hamstring problems. Yeah. But uh, I was listening to this thing at the weekend. It was a United fan talking about it, and it was like, whenever the going got tough, whenever Di Maria was in a war that season, he was off the pitch. He had no fight in him whatsoever. He had no balls. Just go and say it. He had no balls. Roy Keane said that, I think. <laughs> I, I can imagine that on Sky Sports. 
I'm surprised that man has not been sacked yet for some controversial uh, comment. <laughs> but it is true. I mean, he had no balls on the pitch. And then I remember he wouldn't fly to America. That was the big thing in the preseason. He wouldn't come over. Wait, what was that all about? Slow. When we were on preseason and for the 2015-16, he wouldn't fly over to America for preseason. And so we saw him when he came yeah. back from preseason. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, a £20 million loss in one season, that is, that is pretty rough. I think that was kind of the theme of uh, Louis van Gaal's tenure. Good signings that did not work out. Poor football. I'll yeah. tell you, these are some of the five reasons he was sacked. Ooh, Bad wait. football. Desperate football. I remember I went to see Man United against Sunderland on the 28th of February 2015. <laughs> that is, uh... I remember, and I remember that um, some people were booing because all Johnny Evans is doing, poor Johnny Evans, Memphis to Pius brings to mind. I mean, Zaha. Oh, Zaha! I forgot about Zaha. Actually, yes, he um he's had a great career in fairness to him. Also, Daily yeah, Blind so is doing big things at Ajax at the minute. Chigarito. Oh, he sold Chigarito, didn't he, to Labour? This uh, this anti also on person. But this brings me to another controversial reason he was sacked. Being in the position to have to play Ashley Young up front. He only had a how many? He only had. <laughs> he had to run, He had to play Rashford at one point. He was only a boy, but it didn't. You came the making of Rashford. But that was a good thing. But when he had to play Ashley Young up front, it was a disgrace. I mean, when he was looking to, when he was there looking through his striking options, and he was looking at Fellaini, Ashley Young. He was scrolling through Fellaini, Ashley Young, and then leaving. Did he sign Radamel Falcao as well? That was the season before. That was the season before. Yeah, thank Falcao, actually, I forgot to put him. Uh, I didn't know insert him. Also signed him. I mean, this was... United were really trying to, like... Their progress, the, they obviously had gone backwards, and they were trying to spend their way to get back up, and that's kind of... I think where United have fallen in the last few years, the idea of... It was Fergie's idea of... You have your core team, and then you can make two signings a summer, try integrate them into the team. And I mean, he always had bad signings. Eric Jemba Jemba, Bebe, uh, something Obatan. But, you know, he always made good signings. Roy Keane and the likes. Yeah, Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney. The best British players, like players like Michael Carrick. Wayne Rooney. Rooney. Chris Smalling. Alan Smith. Nobody remembers Alan Smith. Alan, Alan Smith, yeah. He's a commentator these days, is what he's known for on FIFA. And he drives me around the no. twist. What to- that's a different Alan Smith. Wait, that's a different Alan Smith? Yeah, there's two Alan Smiths. It's Alan Smith for Leeds. Oh, right. Oh, right. Yeah, he still plays. I think he plays for Nuts County. Wait, he still plays? I thought. I always thought Alan Smith was. Another of my reasons for sacking. No Champions League football in the second season. He may have won the FA Cup, but that's not good enough. It was uh, very Sarri-esque the way he won the FA Cup and then was sacked. I mean, he was the Sarri before Sarri. It was just. I couldn't understand. The football was a disgrace. And then. I remember when we we could have qualified. It was very easy for us to qualify for the Champions League if we had a beaten West Ham. I mean, you look at the teams that were around you in the table. It was Southampton, West Ham. Those were the teams pushing alongside you for the top four. And you still didn't manage to get it. And I think that was kind of where he lost it. It was on goal difference we couldn't get on it. Yeah, it was to Manchester City, wasn't it? Yeah, we um, remember there was a bomb. Oh, the bomb against Bournemouth. Bournemouth I had a friend who went over to see that game and then he had to stay behind afterwards to uh, watch it two days. And I mean, there wasn't even a bomb in the stadium as well. Yeah. That was mental. And, uh, 
We had to win 19 nil that game. In order to... <laughs> in order to qualify. And I'd say probably yeah. parked the bus in that game as well. Now, another reason. Criticising footballers. It was... Now, that is also a thing that another one of his men, of his protégés did, um, Jose Mourinho. He's on my list. Uh, you'll be hearing about him next. Well, I'll get your pain out of the way first. We'll do the food. Yes. We'll do the two United yeah. ones first. Don't worry. So, criticizing footballers, one comes to mind where he said that Chris Smalling was not very smart. And getting a red card. And they called him Mike Smalling. That's the one that Mike brings Schmalling. to mind. <laughs> Mike Smalling. Oh. <laughs> That was uh, my personal favourite Louis van Gaal quote. Yeah. But you have to say, after all this, you still do have some fond memories of the Louis van Gaal tenure because of his... I look back laughing at him. His <laughs> antics. <laughs> the, the Louis van Gaal thread Shaking army. Louis van Gaal's army. <laughs> and I have to say it was a bit controversial. I know I remember him him uh, falling off the, on the ground. Oh, the with the Alexis Sanchez dive. Oh, I remember that yeah, as well. I mean, if nothing yeah. else, Do this tenure is... And, and uh, the last thing I'll leave it at is, if nothing else, his tenure was very entertaining. I mean, it may have not have been successful. You, but not for me. <laughs> it was failed. But it was brilliant watching him Flopping around on the floor at Old Trafford, screaming Louis van Gaal's Red Army. I mean, it it was entertaining, if nothing else. Mike Schmalling, the memories off the pitch. On the pitch, it's uh, there's very few memories because he played such a boring brand of football. But the off-field memories, they are still strong in the. They're still strong today. But uh, I'll be moving on anyways. It does. Joe.ie was loving it every time he did something like that. <laughs> but I'll move on to his successor, which is Jose Mourinho. Now, Jose, obviously, came in, inherited that, uh, as we already established, quite a talented uh, Man United squad, and he decided to it shift... It was not too talented. It was it was it was talented enough. Come on, it was underperforming, but it was still a top four team on paper. I remember Jose Mourinho talking about football heritage. Do you remember this football heritage? I do not remember this. Football heritage, where you inherit good players, and he said, "Football heritage." That's all I will leave this at. That was one of his press conferences before the FA Cup final, I think it was, which we ended up losing. Of course you did, because when Hazard is in the team, you know, penalties galore. No, more like when Phil Jones is in the team. Yeah, true, but it was, come on, you, can, you can't take that away from me. But anyways. That was, that was the worst epic of finding I've ever watched. In this, in Jose Mourinho's first summer, he had, in the views of many, one of the greatest ever summers of any Premier League team beforehand. A world record transfer of Paul Pogba, the new face of Man United, the best free agent on the market. That's all that was going on back then. The best free agent on the market, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, even exceeded Barcelona for Eric Bailly and Henrik Mkhitaryan, who you may not forget it now, but I'll read out his numbers from his last season when he was at um, Borussia Dortmund. He made 28 starts in the Bundesliga. 11 goals, 15 assists, 2.7 key passes per game, and 2 goals, 5 assists in the Europa League as well. I mean... You can't compare the, uh, the Premier League to the Bundesliga. But you have to admit, for 25 million, everyone believed that was a steal. So how did it go? They were, Well, in first and foremost, their position in the league slipped down from 5th to 6th. Uh, we didn't even care about the league that season. It was all about getting into the Champions but there's no no denying that his he had 15 draws that season, and I think 11 of those were at Old Trafford. I mean, it was 1-1s galore, if you remember right. 
I didn't enjoy it, but we had a great did good in Europe. They were six point. You were six points off Arsenal, who had a pretty poor season that year, and you did win the Europa League. But if you remember the easiest run to the Europa League final in history, I mean, it was absolutely pathetic. The teams you were coming up against in the latter stages of that competition. What was it? Club Bruges in the quarterfinals, Betis in the semis, or something? I mean, it was very. It was very fortunate. Oh. No, th- was that not the year after? That was the year before. That was the year yeah, before. Liverpool knocked you out, I think. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> I remember us playing Ajax in the final. And Davinson Sanchez. I don't know how Tottenham picked him up after that performance. His playing it out from the back was absolutely dreadful. I forget who else he played. But there was definitely... There was... I think Club Bruce. Oh, uh, no, it was Celta Vigo. Celta Vigo, yeah, it wasn't Betis, actually, you're right. It was poor opposition, and you did win the Europa League, which I can't knock you for, but you did have to play Southampton in the final. So, again, it was an easy enough run. So, all in all, looking back at it, I think a lot of people thought it was a successful season because they did get back in the Champions League. But you have to also consider that they were a top-two favourite for the actual title after the summer they just had. And uh, the United Board and Ed Woodward responded by giving him another war chest in the summer. I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous. After that summer, they went and spent over 30 million on Lindelof, 75 million on Lukaku, 40 million on Matic, and then re-signed Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, another massive summer for them, obviously. We didn't sign Zlatan in the summer. I th- no, but uh, he was on a one-year contract and he re-signed him. And uh, that season, while on paper, you did finish second, despite being 19 points behind City. You can't really knock them for that, although they were also... second best football since Sir Alex. Yeah, but you also have to consider they were going toe-to-toe with City for the start of it, and then they really slid down afterwards. Last 16 in the Champions League, embarrassed by Sevilla. Very bad Sevilla, so very weak. And they uh, beat you 2 0, I believe it was, or something like that, in uh, no, Old Trafford. We were winning 1 0, and then it was, it was a draw, I think, because I remember Sevilla. Sevilla, Sevilla progressed, anyways. I think it was, yeah, Sevilla won. And you won nothing, finished second, but the main thing about it was the reliance on David De Gea. He had, in my opinion, and I always say this, he had the best goalkeeping season of any goalkeeper I've ever seen. I think it was four, it was 15 goals, I think, uh, better than expected goals around that region. And I mean, he was he was literally taking you from barely in the top four right up to second. So he was absolutely phenomenal that year. And Jose Mourinho still, he got his contract extension. He did get Alexis Sanchez even in uh, January as well so he spent another well I know it was a swap deal but it was 500 grand a week or something he was on so that's another wedge of money and then the next summer you had a disastrous transfer window as you would describe it with Diogo Dalot Red Fred and Lee Grant being the trio that came in which you have to understand that obviously United fans were understandably very pissed off about that transfer window but the amount of money they'd spent in the process... You were supposed to be signing Harry Maguire that summer, but one summer too late. Yeah, and uh, he Jose was... said he might have kept his job if, uh, if he had have signed a centre-back. Possibly, but I mean, he had enough chances with the amount of money he was given before that. He was disgraced, it's fair to say. He left the club in sixth place, closer to the relegation zone than he was to the top four and he was he was sacked and uh, while well, sixth and the football if you do recall was in the view of the view of a lot of United fans was it was like on par with Louis van Gaal if not worse it was worse it was worse than Louis van Gaal and if you've heard the previous rant that we've listened to about Louis van Gaal's football You'll know what that means to United fans. And uh, ultimately, I think, in the view of a lot of United fans, it was been the most successful tenure 
of uh, the post Fergie era, which you could argue is true. I think a lot of United fans now, I know you are in this boat, that would much prefer Ole. And I think he has been a little bit better. He's given you better memories, at least. If not, uh, if not the trophies, he's given you much better memories and better football. So, uh, I mean, it's only arguable. And this was the amount of money they spent compared to what they got in the, re- in the reward. It was a disgrace. And they also had to spend, what, $20 million to sack him as well? That was your January transfer last year? I think... I think ever since um, Mourinho went to Real Madrid, he's, it ruined him. No, he's you have to be fair to him because the last great season, and I think it will be the last great season we ever see of Jose Mourinho, was the 2014-15 well, season at Chelsea. It was very, de- it was very defensive as well that year. 2014-15. I mean, hundred percent. But he, at least we were getting, we were getting the results, and there was only ever well, one team in that league. I think most sports are going that way, but um, 100% that year. I mean, no other team but Chelsea were top of the league that year from start to finish. So there's no one denying that uh, that was a great season for Jose Mourinho. But I mean, I think that's uh, where we'll let get rid of uh, Jose Mourinho and uh, all of Man United's uh, failed super teams. And would you like to pick the next one that we're going to go on to? Yes, I would very much like to. If I can find my black book. Now. What was it going to be? I think our next big man, big attitude is Unai Emery at Arsenal. Ah, yes. I was looking forward to this one. He's also on my list. Uh, our lists overlap again. A lot. So this is, this is my third one. Which is uh, unsurprising, but uh, this is my third one. Unai Emery's Arsenal tenure. Would you like to take the wheels for this one? Well, yes. So in the summer of... Uh, in his... Two tra- in his... How many transfers? He had three transfer windows. Yeah, his three. three transfer windows. These are his biggest signings. Leno for... 22,500,000. Torreira, 27 million. Gendouzi, 8 million. Martinelli, 6 million. Saliba, 27 million. Pepe, 72 million. Cherney, 25 million. And then your favorite player, David Luiz, 8 million. I hate David Luiz. Um, yeah, I think overall, if you can listen to that, the signings that he made, he made and a lot Stefan of big signings. Stefan yeah, I have him down here as well. Um... Did you mention Danny Chavales? Oh no, I forgot about Danny Chavales. And Dennis Suarez. <laughs> Dennis Suarez. I only put, I only put him permanent transfer, not loans. <laughs> Danny, <laughs> Dennis Suarez was an absolute game changer in the back end of last year. Yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> that one game against City where he came on and then didn't come back on for the rest of the year. Unbelievable scenes. But, um... The first transfer window of Wood Emery. Will, will we start from the start? Yeah, let's go back to Mercedes, Arsene, and Arsene out, and all that. Wenger out. Did I ever tell you about the yeah. time I said well, there was this oyster protest in Donegal? They were protesting against an oyster farm, and there was this guy who came up with a big Wenger out sign in the background, and it was on the news, and all you could see was Wenger out. <laughs> it, it was, was everywhere at the time. And do you, I remember also yeah. another one. It was in some riot about against ISIS, and I'm fairly certain this is fake. But someone had a Wenger outside. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Christ, your best ever manager to treat them like that. Uh, what can you What can you expect you from never, Arsenal fans? Yeah, savages. The lowest of the low. <laughs> But anyways, first summer, Socrates, Genduzi, Leno, Torreira, Lichtenstein. Socrates, I forgot about Socrates. Actually. Oh, did you not mention him? Well, yeah, anyways. No. 
That first summer, I mean, it wasn't a spectacular team, but he had inherited a pretty good squad. And these were some nice pieces to add into it. They got the goalkeeper. They got a midfielder for now in Torreira and also one for the future in Gendouzi, as well as a centre-back in Socrates and some more experience in Liechtenstein. So it was a fairly decent summer. Many people thought they'd be back in the Champions League, as, of course, Emery. He's Mr. He's Mr. Europa League. But they ended up finishing, I believe it was, was it fifth or sixth? Fifth in the end. Fifth, I think. He finished fifth. No, we finished third last year. Oh no, sorry, I think it was the year before. Yeah, sorry. he finished uh, he finished uh, fifth that year and uh, in the Europa League final, lost 4-1, which is supposed to be his specialty, so obviously that yeah, was... I, 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 I always thought that he was there the year before. I always forget. I always thought he was there longer than he actually was. Yeah, it felt like a long time in fairness film. He really stretched out that... Uh, yeah. I don't know, how long was he in there? 18 months, maybe? If even that... Just less. Oh, yeah. Just less, yeah. Actually, no, yeah, I say it was about 18 months. He went last Christmas, around last Christmas. Because mm, they had the Freddy time. Where every Arsenal fan was raving about getting one win in six games. Freddy I mean, he could be on this list for that for how bad those six games were. But anyways. Oh, we'll move on. So that was a disappointing first year, undeniably. But last summer... That was the big one. There was a spending spree of a lifetime going on over there, and uh, they're only uh, they're only supposed to have like uh, forty million, didn't they say? Forty million budgets, and they end up going out spending like a hundred and thirty hours. It was absolutely mental what they were doing. They got their centre back to partner to uh, partner Socrates, as well as a long term one in Saliba. Chabias was brought in on loan. If the Liba was good, they could have kept him. They should never have done what they did. He could have saved Henry's job. I mean, he was. He's the thing. He'll be coming in next year. It'll be interesting to see how he does. But, anyways, it was an absolute disaster this year. I mean, it was a car crash. They were highly expected by most people to get back in the top four. And. Even despite Arteta's uh, success, they're only still in ninth, and um, it was had to be concluded as one thing, other than a failed super team. Shocking! Shocking! Arsenal are no longer a super team. They're, uh, they're as good as West Ham. You have to under, you have to actually ask the question: If there was a European Super League brought in tomorrow, would Arsenal be in it? Would they be in that bracket of? Europe's elite. Cause they haven't won the They haven't won the Champions League. Because they're probably, in most people's eyes, at this stage, maybe the sixth biggest team in England. I mean, they are sliding. Yeah. In fairness to them, but uh, well, it's not really in fairness to them. But uh, that is the thing, and I think Emery's reign, the fact that he didn't get them back into the top four after that's why they sacked Wenger, despite him doing it consistently for. However many years, it uh, it has to go yeah, down. They have to be fair to Wenger. He uh, turned that club's fortunes around. I know, yeah, but uh, you know. The ditch like that. The thing is, though, if uh, you're a 15 year old kid who's growing up, you're not remembering the Invincibles because you weren't born for it. You're. I was only a badass. <laughs> I didn't. The. That's I was going around to my Man United baby girls while they were uh... <laughs> What? <laughs> this is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so what is it? The Invincibles are on the TV and then you're in your little uh, baby suit, Man United team, yeah. <laughs> cheering on. And maybe Ronaldo or Rooney on the back of it. No, I had my own surname, as any man would. <laughs> I have to imagine it was number seven as well. It was. My third number. So, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was resembling Eric Cantona. Oh my god, Eric Cantona. I, the obsession, it's unbelievable. I've never seen a man so obsessed with a footballer he never got to see you in real life. I have seen him. I've, I've seen him. I watched 
Probably should play it, let's be honest. I think Aston Villa play. 
so who do they have in the hole? Do they have Douglas Louise in the hole and then Grealish and McGinn ahead of them? Yeah. Uh, something like that. Of course, Larry, it all came to a blastering end in February of that season. When Even we... though they were still forged, they sacked him. Well, yeah, in all fairness balls. now, we weren't winning games of football. Uh, it was a good start. They brought in, they we brought got... in just the way it worked was not, didn't turn out to be a bad season. But the thing about Scolari was we got the new manager boost. Same, it was exactly the same as Sarri, except for the fact that we actually we actually sacked Scolari mid-season. The new manager boost came in, and then so we were riding high, and then we just stopped winning games. You should never have sacked Grant. From Grant. Like, he got to the semi-final, the final of the Champions League, lost it to us, and finished second to us. But, um, like, you should have gave him the job. You would have always been number two. Wasn't it Newcastle he was linked with? Yeah. Yeah. We also have to do the the Mike Ashley takeover. That's going to be a podcast coming soon this week. So, stay tuned for that. And the big lockdown quiz. The big lockdown quiz, and also uh, Stephen Kenny replacing Mick McCarthy. There's three up and coming podcasts for you. Don't worry. But now let's go back to Felipe Scolari yes. the big. So, what was your take on the big Scolari thing? I think it was it was the Sari before Sari. I can't remember who I used that metaphor on Scary earlier. Sorry. Scary Sari. Scary bad football, that's the only thing I can say. Scary Scolari. Oh, scary Scolari. Um, Felipe Scolari, he's not a bad manager, but he wasn't a Chelsea man, it has to be said. Some people, you can be a good manager and not be the right manager for Chelsea, and that's just what Scolari was. Same as what Sarri was. Villas Boas. Well, Villas Boas is just a bad manager, if I'm being honest, but... uh, and he'll be coming Di up Matteo later. Di Matteo in a second season wasn't even doing that bad. It was just he was still doing bad in the Champions League, but he was still in the top four, and we'd finished sixth last year. So, so you know, I don't con- I don't consider that. I consider him our best ever manager, Roberto Di Matteo. Really? Oh. As in terms of his time at Chelsea, because I even though it is Jose Mourinho, I can't say that for a Spurs manager being our best ever manager. One of I remember that banner. One of us. One of that us. Big Mourinho, one of us. I was watching. Do you know what game I was watching last night? The Battle of the Bridge. The Battle of the Bridge. And you know yeah. what? That was actually still up. That sign was still up for that match. One even, of us. Even though he was at United, wasn't he? Was he at United? No, he was. He was a free agent. He was still oh, that was the in theory of Saksher. Yeah. He was still getting his wages off um, Abramovich. That has to be put down as I was thinking about this as another podcast idea. The games of the decade, because the Battle of the Bridge has to be number one. No, it does not. Yes, it does. It was the best game I've ever seen in my life. If it was a Chelsea game, I would give it to Stevie Slip. Stevie Slip was good. Stevie Slip was a way better game than that. No, but the Battle of the Bridge was a war. It was a war if ever I did see one. It was just the end that was a war. What about the games like Man United with Rooney's... Um, there was a comeback as well in there. There was a fight after the game. Arsenal 8-2. That was... No, I'm talking about a good game. End-to-end, constant action in the game. Man United beating Man City 4-2 at... Remember Pogba scoring his two goals? You mean 3-2? Chris Smalling. 3-2. Yeah, Chris Smalling. What was that game? Swansea Crystal Palace 5-5. Now that is a game. Oh, what about Liverpool 3-3 with Crystal Palace? Oh, game. that's a great game actually, yeah. We have to do a podcast on that. Best games of the decade. But the Battle of the Bridge is still number one. Uh, I, I think it's time we moved on to Scol- from Scolari. And I think it's time we went to the jungle. For Owie Wednap. Owie, Owie. I kind of disagree with this one, but... I have to say, is it a super team QPR? No. Is it a super team for QPR standards? Will they ever attract the kind of players that were at the club at the time? 
never again. No. And the players he had at that club compared to how they did was a flop. I like that Charlie Austin. In his tenure, these are the players that uh, Big Owie Wednap uh, decided to um, he got to experience. We have Vargas, first Chile international, very uh, talented player, yeah, came on loan. Like uh, Julius Caesar, as I like to call him. Uh, treble winning goalkeeper, Brazil's number one, decided to throw all that away for a championship lifestyle and relegation battles at QPR uh, under Aoi Wednap. Charlie Austin was the, probably the only good thing about QPR when they were relegated the second time. Matt Phillips. Uh, we also have Sandro. Sandro, if you remember him, when he was originally brought to the Premier League by Tottenham. He was at Spurs. How he signed him at Spurs, and then he signed him at QPR afterwards. Uh, a guy... Adel Tarabat. Adel Tarabat. I do not have him here, but I think he did sign for him, didn't he? He came through the ranks. Did he, yeah? Spurs, and he signed him at QPR. Yeah, uh, there was a guy called Much who they signed from Cardiff for seven million. I don't actually remember much about him. No pun intended. Leroy Fur, nine oh, yeah, million. Much. Jordan Much. Something like that. Something like that. Loic Remy Cocker was a ten million signing. Samba a thirteen point five million signing, and Rio Ferdinand and, and Richard Dunn. I the mean, wages Rio must be now must have been huge though as well. I mean, the players for the time that QPR had in that team, it was absolutely ridiculous. But none of it stuck. They were throwing shit at the fan and hoping something stuck, but it didn't. Um, first and foremost, he came in in November of 2012. They hadn't won a game that year. And they were relegated in last place alongside Reading and Wigan, which I have down here as... Uh, if ever there was three teams that deserved to get relegated more, it would definitely be QPR, Reading, and Wigan. I've seen QPR play. Have you, yeah? Yeah. In uh, Athlone Town. Stadium. Yeah. yeah. And we met Harry, but he was up in the stands. <laughs> but uh, the following season, they, uh, despite being relegated in the last place that year, Harry still got the job and they continued to spend money. And despite having probably the most talented squad in the championship, they were promoted from the playoffs, having finished fourth, 13 points off automatic playoff, and 22 points off the top. So even though they were promoted, which was the goal, it wasn't an impressive campaign. And when they came back up again, they were crap again. Uh, Let's be honest, more money was spent, but uh, still, I think Rio came in that year, but um, yeah, Harry Redknapp sacked in... Uh, thir- on the 3rd of February 2015 he was sacked and they ended up finishing 8 points off safety in last place so I think for a team that they signed so many talented players and like if you look at the names the amount of talent, to play- the amount of talent that was on that squad to have 2 bottom uh, last place finishes in only 3 years I think it has to go down as a failed super team even though it's a QPR-style super team. It's not exactly the heights that we saw earlier with Jose and Louis van Gaal. So that is the so that is the uh, thing. Do you have anything else to add on Aoi's time at QPR? Oh, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't bring in Jamie Redknapp. Well, could you imagine that? Harry and Jamie. Uh, Frank. You should have brought in Frank. Oh. Um. Was <laughs> Frank at City that year? No, wait, it depends which year. Because in 2012, obviously, he was winning the Champions League. No, it was, uh, sorry, it was 13 14. He wasn't. It was the season after he went to. uh, He went. Well, he went to. He he went to New York City, NYCFC, and uh, they loaned him out to City. Which. He should get a statue. Outside of of Shitty. Yeah, it's celebration for his goal against Chelsea. I can't believe that actually happened. And I mean, it lo- when he scored that goal, it looked like, oh, what the fuck have I just done here? Uh, he re- inst- think- It was instant regret after he scored that goal. I've never seen him like that before. A man like Frank Lampard was- regretting scoring a goal. <laughs> oh, so funny. But he's a 
Stabbed in the back by Jose. We're not going to be stabbed in the back again by Lampard. You're gonna end up sacking him, and you know it. It's the uh, Chelsea way. <laughs> that is definitely gonna happen. That's the annoying thing. I like having Lampard in a club legend, but it's a Chelsea. It's a Chelsea tradition. Yeah. You don't walk out. You get sacked, and I don't want to sack a club legend. Oh, and it's not like I'm Ole, because Ole uh, is probably in your top ten legends. Ole is probably... Yeah, he's in your top 10 legends, but he's not number one. He's not Wayne Rooney. He's not Bobby Charlton. He's one of the, he's one of the top ones, but he's not the like guy. You, you know I'm not a big fan of Wayne. But Frank Lampard at Chelsea, he is the man. He's the number one. He's bigger than he Zola. He's bigger titles. than Terry. Was, what do you mean? He won more than three titles. He won... He won three. Oh, he did only win three, actually. Yeah, but Champions League as uh, well. Yeah, still one less than Ryan Giggs. Nah, we're not having a debate. Frank Lampard, Ryan Giggs is a mismatch. Uh, Frank, well, actually, here's a, a, on a side note. Frank Lampard scolds Gerard. rank them. Best or worst? Gerard, oh. I would probably go. That's a hard one. Probably as a midfielder. Probably Skulls. Then Lampard and Gerard. Because Skulls is a complete midfielder. He was a good passer of the ball. Lampard was just good at scoring goals. No, Lampard was the complete package. Lampard is number one. Skulls is two, I'll give you that. But Gerard. I mean, he was great for a long time, but he was great, not good enough to carry his team to any sort of Premier League titles. And I mean, he was at fault for he was at fault for them losing one. So Gerard has to be he has to be number three. But I think people know that at this stage. I think people have understood that Scholes and Lampard they are they are the top two. I think they should have. Uh... Wait, who were they playing? They played the three of them, but who was the guy? Were they playing a four-four-two? Yeah, he played two in midfield. He had Michael Owen and Rooney up front. Jesus, I mean, how did that team never win anything? That is. Oh, that is probably true. If they had a competent manager, there's no doubt that they would have won at least a Euros, if not a World Cup. But anyways, will we wrap it up with one last failed super team? Yes, Manuel Pellegrini. Yes, this is the one. I mean, we started off with the, big, the ones, big ones, but now we're going to go down to Pellegrini. He's the last one on my list as well. So I'll give you some big transfers. Tell me. Transfer. Is it, is it Diop, 22 million, which is a good transfer, isn't it? He was... Fabianski. But just think of the wages these players would have been on. And still are. Wilshire. Yarmolenko. 17 million for Yarmolenko. 17 million pounds. Jesus. Yeah. Felipe Anderson. 36 million. Yeah. Perez. Remember Lucas Perez? Mm-hmm. I think he's now. He's 4 million. Carlos Sanchez. Nazari. For now, it's 24 million. Haller, 45 million. And Ajeti, 8 million. Jeez. I imagine those wages and the transfer. The, and the wages actually, they're already on. Like, there's some of the players they'd already had on, on huge wages as well. West Ham have actually invested a lot into the team. It's just. I think it's the. What are they called? The Golden Sullivan Brothers? Yeah. Something like that? They actually invested a lot, but they've not invested good. Yeah, I mean, they get the finger pointed at them. It's the man who's making the transfers that has to be to blame. Yeah. Whoever they're, the Ed Woodward of... Karen Brady, no? It could Karen be, actually. Brady. And let's be honest, not a single person in the world likes Karen Brady. 
Do you ever hear when she gave out to Harry Kane for announcing the birth of his child on uh, on Twitter? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but everyone knows the best thing that uh, Harry Kane ever did was when he said, I bet my daughter's life that I got a touch on that. <laughs> when, the Eric- when Ericsson uh, got the goal and he thought he should have got it.